Welcome to the Discover You Podcast with your host, James Hooper, spiritual and personal discovery author, speaker, teacher, and coach. James helps you find who you were created to be and guides you to the most fulfilling life you can experience. On this podcast, we'll guide you through discovering what energizes and motivates you, why you think the way you think, act the way you act, and react the way you react. We'll learn together how to grow through spiritual truths to become the best version of yourself possible. If you haven't yet, please subscribe so you won't miss an episode. Also, you can go to your favorite podcast platform and leave a review and rating. This will help others find us so they can begin their own growth journey. Lamentations chapter 3, 22 through 25. Verse 22 says, The faithful love of the Lord never ends. His mercies never cease. Great is His faithfulness. His mercies begin afresh each morning. I say to myself, listen to this, what the writer is saying. I say to myself, The Lord is my inheritance. Therefore, I will hope in Him. The Lord is my inheritance. Therefore, I will hope in Him. Father, we thank You for Your Word. We thank You because You have given us understanding. Lord, the truths of this revelation, God, I just pray that it will speak to hearts this morning. God, that as you have given it to me, I will be able to translate it and be able to interpret it. Lord, the Holy Spirit will just begin to speak to hearts this morning. And we give you praise and glory in the name of Jesus. Amen. You can be seated. This word hope, uh, those of you that have heard me preach before know I'm a word geek and I love to understand where the word come from. Those of you that don't know, the Old Testament was originally written in the Hebrew language. The New Testament was originally written in the Greek language. And so to understand a lot of times, especially when you're reading the King James Version, to understand what they were really saying, because when the you've got to understand King James was not a Christian. King James was a heathen. So when he had the Bible translated, there are things in there that they kind of wanted to avoid, so they said it differently than it really meant. And so you have to go to the, the original Hebrew. And I'm not saying the Bible's wrong. I'm not saying that. I'm saying the words that they used, and especially because it was King James English, they used words that today we don't use. We either don't use them or we don't use them in the same context. In fact, we read one this morning. The scripture says you are a, a peculiar people. Now today that means you're weird. But back then, peculiar means you were set apart. So that's an example. So when the writer here said, the Lord is my inheritance, therefore I will hope in Him. Now, Sister Cobb just almost got up on my sermon this morning. I was saying, move on, Sister Cobb, move on, move along. But this word in the original is yachal, Y-A-C-H-A-L. It conveys the idea of tarrying, of confident expectation or of trust. The central idea of this verb, because it was a verb, is to wait as Noah literally did in Genesis chapter 8. Now, so to give you reference, Noah, those of you that understand, Noah and the ark. So back 
eons ago, God was sad he even made the earth because people were just living so bad. And so he said, I'm just going to wipe the whole earth out and start all over again. And Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. God said, oh, Noah is the only good man on the earth. And so he had Noah to build an ark, and it had never rained before. They didn't know what rain was, but God said, build a boat. And he said, okay, and God gave them the specifications. So as we know, it rained. Noah and his family got in. They put two of every kind of unclean animal. The clean animals are actually more than two of every kind, but the unclean animals, there was two of every kind, got on the boat, and if you want to see what it looks like, go to what is it, Kentucky, where it is. They've got a, a life-size version of the ark there in Kentucky. You can go see that. And so it rained 40 days, 40 nights, and the ark was afloat. And then as the water started receding, the ark rested on Mount Ararat, which is now in Turkey, current-day Turkey. And as it rested, then he opened the hatch up top and he let a dove out. And the dove flew around, flew around, flew around, flew around, couldn't find any place, but came back and was just exhausted. So he waited seven days, and he sent the dove back out. And that time, the dove came back with an olive branch in its mouth. So Noah says, aha, land is, the, the water is drying up. So in verse 12 of Genesis chapter 8, it says, And he stayed, S-T-A-Y-E-D, yet another seven days, and sent forth the dove, which returned not again to him anymore. That word stayed is the same word that was interpreted hope in our text. He stayed. So to continue the definition of the word hope is, it, the word wait, it means to stay or rest in expectation, to remain stationary until the arrival of some person or event. So let's look back at our scripture. It says, the Lord is my inheritance. How many knows what an inheritance is? All right. The Lord is my inheritance. Therefore, I will hope. I will stay or rest in expectation in him. So if the Lord is your inheritance, you really don't need anything else, do you? Because you've got the creator of the universe, the one that created everything that is and everything that has existed and everything. he created things out of nothing and then he created you and put you right in the middle of all of it, created all the provision. If he is who you inherited, if he is your inheritance, and this is a, a, a messianic prophecy, this is talking about when Jesus dies, they were prophesying about Jesus without using Jesus' name because Jesus, how I many know to, to get an inheritance, somebody has to die? So God himself took on flesh and he died so that we could inherit God himself. I like that deal. So when I am needing something, when I am in a place where I do not know what to do, when I'm in a place where I have insufficiency, when I have need, all I have to do is say, my inheritance is the Lord, so I'm just going to wait in expectation for what's to come. Sister Cobb was talking about that. The picture here is Christmas morning. The kids are in their pajamas, and you're saying, just wait, just wait. And they know 
by the look of that tree with all of those colorfully wrapped packages, they know there's something good in store for them. They know there is something exciting. They know that something great is about to happen. And you're just saying, hold on, hold on. I hated it because my parents made us eat breakfast before we opened presents. And I'm thinking, that's cruel and unusual punishment. To put that kind of enticement in front of us and then say, oh, you got to go eat your cereal before you go. Well, we didn't have cereal on Christmas morning. We had a real breakfast. But, but this is the word picture we get with this word hope. You're waiting with expectation. But then, verse 25 of this passage. I didn't, I didn't finish the passage because I want to talk about it. But verse 25 almost seems to contradict what you just said in verse 24. Verse 25 in the King James Version says, The Lord is good unto them that wait for Him, to the soul that seeketh Him. The Lord is good unto them that wait for Him. Hope, we understand hope is waiting with expectation, but then to the, He's good to the soul that seeketh Him. It's like, what, those don't seem to be the same thing. If you're seeking something, you're being active. And we associate waiting with being inactive. Sometimes that's the truth. Sometimes you just got to stop. And a lot of people think, well, I don't want to get ahead of the Lord. You can't get ahead of God. You're incapable of getting ahead of the king of the universe. God's already been there, so you can't get ahead of him. So stop it. What you have to do is you have to get, you're getting your mind, getting the mind of Christ in a situation. Sometimes we have so much turmoil in our minds, so much, we have so much drama in our lives, so many things going on in our lives that we have to stop and let the Holy Spirit just bring a calming to us and understand, wait a minute, we're striving after things that's already provided. Now we just have to get the mind of Christ and let Him give us direction. But then sometimes he wants us to actually go after him. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6 says, Without faith it's impossible to please God. But he that cometh to the Father must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. I contend that's the actual definition of faith. Most people say Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. They say that's the definition of I say that's the characteristics of faith. To me, the definition of faith is you've got to believe that God is, that He is He's everything, that He is your inheritance, and that He is a rewarder of those that seek Him. In other words, you seek after God, and He will reward your seeking. I love God because He doesn't... He doesn't hide things from us. He hides things for us. He says, I want you to seek it out. Because when you seek it out, then I know there's a passion. I know there's a desire there. When you're seeking out, when you're seeking my will, when you're seeking my heart, you're seeking my face, I know there is something there and you're going after it and then he will reveal it. How many have you ever played hide and seek with a toddler? You know you don't go find the best, really best hiding place in the world because they'll never find you. What do you do? You hide behind a pole or a tree or something where the tree doesn't cover you. So you hide so they can find you. That's what God does. God keeps things 
so that you can find it. But he keeps them accessible to us, so he wants us to seek him. So, again, the word geek I am, I want to look at this word seek because it seems to be contradicting my hope scripture, my hope word. And I'm looking through here, and this word, these two words keep popping up in the def definition. If you look up words, uh, again, in the original language, usually there's more than, it doesn't say, like the dictionary, you know, like our dictionary says, this means this. It's, it's because they've used words that kind of are associated with other words. And so they'll talk about different uses and different, but this word require or demand keeps showing up in the definition of the word seek. Require or demand. So I go back to my scripture in Hebrews that says that without faith it's impossible to please God. For he that comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is reward the diligent seek. So I paraphrase this word seek. To seek means to search out with the expectation of receiving something. In other words, you know you're going to get it. You know it's coming, but you still got to seek it out. To search out to make a demand like a light switch. So if I go to the back of the auditorium, there's six light switches back there that operate all these lights here. Not the ones on the stage, they've got their own lights, but there's all these lights here, there's six lights. What I do when I go to that light switch, I don't say, oh God, oh God, oh God, I hope there's light. I just go, there's an electric company out there, we've got wires connected, we've paid the bill. All I've got to do is make a demand on that electric company and just turn on the light. And know, I know that they're going to provide the power to turn these lights on. I just know it. It's a, it's a making demand. It's not like I'm demanding something. It's like I'm, I'm requiring of the electric company, when I flip that switch, I'm requiring for the lights to come on. That's what this word seek is. It's by, by actuating that switch, I'm expecting the electric company to provide the necessary power to eliminate the light. See, this is where a lot of people think, okay, well, we can't, we're not saying, we're not trying to make God do anything. We are, we have an expectation of God. God says, God actually in the scripture says, require of me. In other words, in Malachi, the book of Malachi, he's talking about the tithe. He says, test me. Test me to see if I won't do this. God is supremely secure in who He is. God knows He is the all-powerful, all-knowing. He's Elohim. He is the all-powerful one. He knows that. He doesn't, He's not having an identity crisis. God does not have an identity crisis. He knows who He is. But He knows who He, who he, can, who he can be for you. That's easy for me to say. He knows who He can be for you because He knows what you need. He has seen where you're going to be. He has seen where you've been and he knows what you need, and he's already made the provision. So we want to look at this seek thing again. Because the Lord is our inheritance. The Lord is our inheritance. The Lord is our inheritance. I have, I have combated anxiety with that scripture. Because I have this this gift of waking up at 3 o'clock in the morning. At 55, you wake up at 3 o'clock in the morning for reasons that you have to wake up at 55 in, you know, in the morning. 
and then I come back to bed and my mind starts working and I start, it starts being active. And I've always had to just get up and go read scripture and just basically kind of wear that thing out. But since I've gotten this revelation, I just lay there and say, but the Lord is my inheritance. Therefore, I'll put my hope in him. I can't fix it. I don't have the power. It's his anyway. He told me to be this. He told me to do this. He told me to go this direction. I'm trusting he knows what he's going to do and he's going to take care of me. So Matthew chapter 7, Jesus tells, tells his disciples, after he told them, they said, Master, teach us how to pray. He said, pray like this. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. You know, what we call the Lord's Prayer. It's actually the model prayer. He said, pray like this. He got finished with that. And then he went to verse 7. He said, ask and it shall be given you. Seek and ye shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh receiveth. And he that seeketh findeth. And to him that knocketh it shall be opened. He said, it's there. What you need is there. He said, you have to ask. You have to seek after it, and you have to go knocking on some doors. Amen. And then I love, in Luke, Jesus tells this parable. And, and some people don't like the parallel here, but Jesus made the parallel. We call it the parable of the unjust judge. Seems there was a woman that had, well, I'll just read, let me read it to you right quick. It's in the New Living Translation. Luke 18, verses 1 through 8. One day Jesus told his disciples a story to show them that they should always pray and never give up. This is seeking. There was a judge in a certain city, he said, who never, neither feared God nor cared about people. Remember, this is Jesus telling this story. A widow of that city came to him repeatedly saying, give me justice in this dispute with my enemy. The judge ignored her for a while, but he finally said to himself, I don't fear God or care about people, but this woman is driving me crazy. I'm going to see that she gets justice because she's wearing me out with her constant request. Then Jesus said, learn a lesson from this unjust judge. Even he rendered a just decision in the end. So don't, think, don't you think God will surely give justice to his chosen people who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? And then verse 8. This, this just really blew my mind. Verse 8 goes, I tell you, he will grant justice to them quickly. But when the Son of Man returns, how many will he find on the earth who have faith? He was tying having faith with being persistent. He was tying faith with seeking. Hebrews 11:6 6 says, Without faith it's impossible to please God. But He is a rewarder of those that diligently seek Him. My thing is, is my title of my message is, What did you expect? What do you expect God to do for you? What do you need God to do for you? And I've heard this teaching over and over. Well, once you pray, you don't have to pray anymore. Just have faith. Jesus said being persistent shows that you have faith. I didn't say that. I just read it where Jesus said it. 
Be persistent, knowing that the trial of your faith worketh patience. And when patience has its perfect work, you will be perfect. In other words, you'll be mature, complete. Jesus said, seek after me. Seek after me. Be diligent to seek after me. Hope in me. Know that I am your inheritance. I am your great reward. He told Moses, he said, I am your exceeding great reward. And what do you get a reward for? For doing something. And what is the reward for? For seeking. He rewards those that diligently seek Him. Because as you pursue Him, He loves the pursuit. Because He knows there is a passion coming with that. He knows that you to be able to be persistent in pursuing Him, you have to have a passion. And God loves passion. There are people that say we need to bridle our emotions. We need to, we can't be, let our emotions be our master. But God gave us emotions for a purpose, to motivate us. When I get to do this, when I get to preach and I get excited about this, I am motivated to study because I know I get to get up here and I get to share something really, really cool. And I get to feel this way when I'm doing it. And I'll tell you, I, I get to feel it. I don't, it doesn't matter how many people are there. I've done it to two. I've done it to just Sharon before. We had church. Nobody showed up. We worshiped. I preached. That's what we did. Because that's what I do. I communicate. And God has given me revelation to, to share. So what he said was, I want you to share this morning because somebody is about to say it's not worth it. Somebody is about to say, I'm just going to give up. Somebody says, I'm tired of this. God says, those that diligently seek me, I will reward them with me. You don't give up, you'll get God. Because He is everything you ever... You've got to believe that He is, not just that He exists, but that He is everything you'll ever need, and that He is a rewarder if you diligently seek Him. Amen. I run out of time way too much. So I want to, I want to read this, my, my text scripture out of the Amplified Version, the classic Amplified Version. The Amplified Version is a version that actually, I call it the women's version because it has more words. Because it adds a lot of filler stuff, but it gives more definition as you talk. So, Lamentations 3, 20 through 2 through, through 26 in the Amplified it is because of the Lord's mercy and loving kindness that we are not consumed. Because His tender compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great and abundant is your stability and faithfulness. The Lord is my portion or share, says my living being or my inner self. Therefore, will I hope in Him and wait expectantly for Him. The Lord is good to those who wait hopefully and expectantly for Him, to those who seek Him, inquire of, and for, and for Him, and require Him by right of necessity and on the authority of God's Word. 
it is good that one should hope in and wait quietly for the salvation or the safety and ease of the Lord. It is good, God says, to wait on me, to wait and seek. Those seem to be two different words. Sometimes it's standing still. Sometimes it's moving forward. Sometimes it's, it's waiting to get yourself, get yourself what the, the New Agers call get yourself centered, which it's a good word, but get yourself, in other words, calm down. Calm down. Get yourself in the right state of mind and then seek after him. Don't go frantically looking every direction you can. All of a sudden, just begin to find that place of peace and look after, seek after God. Because when you seek after Him, like I've said, when you seek after God, what are you going to find? You're going to find God. And with Him comes all that you need, all the provision you need. Everything that you could ever want or need is with Him. Everything. He is our inheritance. He is our inheritance. I want to speak, finish up by speaking a blessing over you. I like to finish up by blessing, speaking a blessing. And since I have been given the authority to stand in this pulpit, then I have authority to speak a blessing over you. So if you want to receive it, just lift your hands this way and let me release this blessing over you and believe this is God's word. These are these statements are God's word. And I'm just speaking it over you. The Lord bless you and the Lord keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you. In other words, that's favor. May you know that if God is for you, who can be against you? If God is on your side, whom shall you fear? May you be like a tree that's planted by rivers of living water that your leaf will not wither and whatever you do, it shall prosper. Thank you for listening to the Discover You podcast with your host, James Hooper. This podcast exists to help you grow both spiritually and personally. If you enjoyed it and think others could benefit from the content provided, please go to your favorite podcast platform and leave a review and rating. This will help others find us more easily. Also, if you haven't already, subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Thank you for joining us for the Discover You podcast.